I know y'all heard me say this, and I say it probably every time. Every time I hear that beat, it takes me back to early 2000s, late 90s. I just start rocking like something misogynistic. <laughs> yeah, it definitely out. made me want to rob uh, little children on the corner who's selling drugs just to get their way out the hood. Um, it also makes me want to sell crack to their moms. You feel me? It definitely make me feel like... I mean, the the groove feels good, but the lyrics that usually follow that are usually not that great. Um, but shout out to the music. <laughs> but anyway, welcome back. This is Tommy the Motto, and I'm here with my co-host. Enoch the Poet, and this is our first episode of the new year. Yeah. Uh, but it's not a new season. Correct. Correct. Uh, we did actually record a year wrap-up. Uh, but the world was like, no, you're not about to record that and send it to the world. So it didn't happen. Uh, Probably because this the same year. <laughs> yeah, surprise, y'all. It's 2020 part two. <laughs> I've been seeing so many memes about that. It's so <laughs> funny. I think Lindo pop, uh, uh, posted something like that. Yeah. He posted, uh, it said 2020, and it was like, I don't know, one of the black actors. And then yeah, and then 2021. 2021 and it was with a different wig on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really, this is 2020.1, actually. Uh, there was a typo on the um, New Year paperwork that yeah. God has to sign. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we are going to give you a quick overview. Um, from now on, our, we're going to have like certain types of segments. We don't want to be too regimented, but we want to have like something that you can follow. So we'll start with something called layers. Layers is uh, things that we're peeling back individually, uh, something we're working on, something we're thinking about working on, something like that. The next one will be nerding out. I fought back and forth with blurting out, but after talking to my partner, Enoch, uh, blurting out just sounds weird. And I mean, we're all nerds. We don't have to put a color onto it. Some things we do. This is something that we're choosing not to. The next thing would be what's going on, kind of like what Marvin Gaye used to say, what's going on in the world, what's going on with us, so on and so forth. And the last thing would be new concepts or new things that we are individually or together working on, and we'll post, uh, we'll uh, keep you posted on things like that. And that would be our show. I'm not ending it now, but I'm just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been funny. That will be how the show will go on from here on until we change it. So if you like it, let us know. If you don't, then... I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> let us know. All right. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, still let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, we, we might not do anything about it. Yes. <laughs> it's but, just like the government. Ooh, I think we're better than the government. <laughs> I'm just saying. But anyway, uh, we'll start with layers and start with something that I am working on. Uh, I am working on not feeling defensive. I think mm. most people don't see how defensive I may be because I have been performing. <laughs> but sometimes something as simple as like going against me, I have to do a lot of work internally to not respond defensively. And most of the time that people see I'm not responding defensively because I'm fighting it, but there are other times that they do see it. And... I'm trying to now. I mean, one of the steps was recognizing it, which I did. Mm. The second step would be to start to rectify it, and that's what I've been doing internally. 
the last step or the last step that I think would be, and correct me, uh, you're not, the last step would be to not even be defensive to begin with, to just, I, I don't even receive the information as something that's going against me. I want to get to that place. I don't mm. know that that'll ever happen, but. Well, I was going to say, I think it depends on, because <clears throat> you might not be defensive for the same reasons across the board. And so it's like, what, what am I defensive about in this moment? Mm-hmm. And then what does that mean um, for me? Or like, what do I have to unpack in order to figure out how not to be defensive about that um, in the future as well? That's true. And I should be more specific because there are times that, I, that me being defensive is necessary. So not just defensive across the board, but being defensive about, about things that I don't really need to be defensive about. Mm-hmm. Like an mm-hmm. example would be um, if we're having a conversation and we have a difference of opinion, I don't need to be defensive about that uh, unless someone's being offensive. Uh, they gave their opinion, I gave my opinion, and that should be the conversation as opposed to they gave their opinion and now my goal is to show you how your opinion is not right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's not effective and it's it's just not nice <laughs> uh so that's what i have been working on and that's what i'm going to continue to work on mm. what about you um if anything you might be perfect nah <laughs> i'm being sarcastic yeah, nah i am trash well i didn't say but, that either uh, well i think i think we're all trash oh in God. different ways is the trash don't all smell the same but you know <laughs> We all have work to do, is basically what I'm saying. And we also all have ways that we cause harm, whether it be intentional or unintentional. I agree. Um, but, um, well, I've, in general, been working on, like, starting my days with more stillness. Mm. Um, so I've been keeping... Since the new year started, I've been keeping a prayer journal, and basically um, every week it has a a section at the top for like my mantra of the week. But they don't provide me the mantra; I like write in my own mm-hmm. for that week. And then there's a a little paragraph section for each day. Um, and I've just I'll wake up and then I try to have the first thing I do for the day be writing down like my prayer for the day and that really just consists of like me thanking God for the stuff that I'm grateful for because I feel like niggas be having one-way relationships with God where it's just like hey I need this thing but it's like nah homie is like an existence and so I should give thanks before requesting a bunch of shit (laughs) um and then you know I have I have like my intentions for the day whether that be like you know I hope to be like relaxed today or I hope to have enough energy to be able to accomplish all my tasks. And then there's like a mood checker at um, the end of each day oh, that's cool. um, where it's, it's like five little circles and then you just cross off wherever you are from one to five, mm. um, which has really been helping me keep my emotional inventory uh, because I am somebody who uh, naturally detaches um, especially if I feel like something is requiring more energy of me than I think it's worth, 
um, which is not healthy, one, for whatever conversation I'm in, but it's also not healthy for myself because it impairs my ability to actually acknowledge how I feel in a moment. Um, So that has been super helpful. And I also am diving deeper into, I had a talk, um, my homie Kai Davis is doing, um, she got a grant to do this project. I can't remember what the grant org is called, but her project is around um, Paltis. Paltis is basically the way she described it to me, um, like a home remedy or ointment that you apply to a cut. It's usually like a paste type of thing or something. Like, you know, if y'all ever seen like any movie where they're with a tribe and someone's grinding up something in a bowl to like put on a cut, that's like a poultice. And so her project is around um, talking to people who are survivors of sexual assault and then figuring out what their poultice is. So like what are the ways in which they have started the process or are in the middle of the process or finished the process of like healing themselves. And I was the first person she interviewed. And one thing that came up in the interview when we were talking about uh, my experience and um, my healing process was she asked me a question about reclaiming control and i have moments where like i'll i think on shit a lot but then it's like i don't come to the revelation until i'm in conversation because there's i only know how to ask myself what i know how to ask myself and someone can just ask me something completely different that makes all the things click and i had said something to the effect of like ultimately none of us actually have control over anything you feel me? Like life moves completely independent of us. And like most times it's not really about us controlling the pace of life. It's about us like matching the pace at which our life is moving um, or like the intention for us is. And I think a lot of times um, as survivors, we tend to try to regain control because we feel like it was taken away from us. But it wasn't taken away from me because I never had control in general. What was, what happened is like, I think we synonymize control and agency, Mm. right? And so it's like to have agency, I think a lot of us, whether subconsciously or consciously think to have agency is to have control, Mm. which they're two different things, right? Control is about dominance and power. Agency is about space, right? So if I have agency, it means I have the space to be myself and I act on that space. And so like we were talking through this and I was basically talking about like, even in my situation, I never lost my agency. I just went through an experience that hindered my ability to see it, but it never went anywhere. I'm still... Even in those times, I still had agency. It just wasn't honored. You feel me? And so it really got me into a space of thinking about like, 
we talk about these things in the sense of like something being stolen and needing to get it back. And then we shape ourselves around that desire to get it back. But it's it's nothing to get back because we never lost that shit. We just have fractured lenses now. And so I want to dive deeper into that uh, idea, concept, philosophy um, now that I had said it out loud in this interview and I'm like, oh, where the fuck did that even come from? And so I want to, I want to think deeper about that and how like that may have shaped, um, some of the ways I maneuver currently, um, and writing through those things. Wow. There's a lot of <laughs> layers in that. It's so many thoughts and it's so much like, <sighs> I don't even know what to say after that. Is there? Is this a, a podcast? Is this like a radio show? Like- um, so she's going to, what she's going to do for the project is she's going to interview three people. I think she said three. Mm-hmm. Um, and submissions are still open for you to apply to be interviewed. You just have to go to her Twitter, which I believe is Kai, at Kai Davis. Um, and there should be a link for you to click if this is something you would like to apply for. Um, but she's going to interview three people. And then from their interviews, she's going to use the transcriptions to make erasure poems. Mm. And then she's going to do a portrait shoot for each person that she interviewed. And then using the portrait shoot and the poems as inspiration, she's going to do paintings for each person also. And so it's going to be like this multidisciplinary um walk through kind of of uh people's healing process who have experienced um this specific type of violence so powerful yeah that shit is gonna be wild i'm definitely excited to see it come to fruition and also like glad that i was able to be a part of it um as like me being in a space where i'm trying to discuss these things more um because i think i think being helpful in any regard requires like openness and transparency, but I think openness and transparency also requires like a certain level of progress in any area. Um, Cause otherwise you could be honest. Um, but if you can't be transparent with yourself, then you are lying automatically, like not even intentionally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, shout out to you for being vulnerable enough to have that happen. And it seems like the process could be emotional. Mm -hmm. You're seeing, you know, like your trauma in three different art forms. Yeah, that shit's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It takes a strong person. Shoot, I might be walking through it and it might not be my, well, it's not going to be my trauma and I might start crying, you know. So I can only imagine the survivors. Uh, But yeah, shout out to you for that. Uh, one little, I don't want to say little, but one layer that I've had recently is that I'm trying to acknowledge other black men that are doing positive things, even if they're small. Because uh, I, I guess that would be my trauma. My trauma would be like having a broken relationship with men in general, but the closest men to me would be black men. So like having a fractured relationship with black men. And I've noticed recently... Uh, I've been talking to my my life partner and we have had conversations about like how things have been changing. Mm. And I complain about men in general 
often. <laughs> uh, but there have been like a good amount of positive changes. I was just listening to an interview with mm. Busta Rhymes, mm. who's like one of my favorite artists. Didn't he just lose like 100 pounds? Oh my God. Oh my, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, before I get into that, it's hard for me to acknowledge Busta Rhymes as much as I used to because he's made some misogynistic statements in the past. Mm. Um, but more so, he's made homophobic statements in the past. Um, and that has been like hard for me to like grapple with. Like, this is like one of my favorite hip hop artists, but he's also making these statements. So that's been hard. Uh, but I did see this interview and I'm hoping he's changed because he's made those statements many years ago. But, uh, I watched this interview and the funny thing is he's being interviewed by a woman. So I would imagine (laughs) like that probably helped him. Yeah, for sure. Um, but he talked about losing like 50 to 100 pounds. I don't remember the exact number. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the process in which that happened. He said mm. his son, he was reaching, he would, in the morning time, he would come out and reach out to dap his son. And his son would smack his stomach and be like, yeah, we cool. And he kept walking. <laughs> And bust his head. <laughs> that is disrespectful. He's like, I'm trying to give you a dap, but you hit my stomach. He's like, he didn't take it negatively from his son. He just took it negatively, negatively for, for yeah, himself. Internally. Yeah. And he said the the other uh, impetus for him to, well, there's two more, um, but I'm only going to speak about it. One, he talked about, I think it was Cesar. He, he has a, a, a song. I think it's called Cesar or Caesar. I think it's Cesar. Czar? Is it Czar? Is it C-Z-A-R? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Czar. Czar. Yeah, so that's me. Silent screwing for, things up. What I think is is that Greek? Is that Greek? I don't. I, didn't I even can't know how remember. to say the words. So I definitely yeah. don't know where it came from. I only know because of anime. Um, but yes, he talked about that music video, and he's wearing like all white. Did you see the music video? Nah. In the music video, he's wearing all white and standing on water. He said when he put it on the first time, the producers was like, "No, nah, we gotta fix it," and they taped his stomach down. Damn. Yeah. He said he was so hurt. Super hurt. And the word hurt coming from a black man is not something that I'm used to, mm-hmm. uh, especially of a man of that age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he talked about how on his way home from like the album release party, he had stopped breathing. Uh, he had sleep apnea. Oh, shit. And he didn't notice it, but his son did. And his son thought he had died or whatever. And he was just like, nah, I got to fix this. So he started working and working and working. He lost like 50 to 100 pounds. His son tweeted um, about how proud he was of his dad mm. and how he would appreciate it, like his, his uh, growth and things like that. The interviewer, who was actually really good, I forget her name and I apologize for it. Uh, she was like, how did this make you feel after she read the tweet? Mm. Busta grabbed his face and held all the energy it took all the energy to keep him from crying but you could tell he was like really emotional Mm. i'm not used to seeing that Mm. from not only a black man but a black man of that age and i want to start recognizing that instead of like thinking about how screwed up some of us are Mm. um Mm. i want to like really appreciate that so like with that i want to say shout out to my stepfather for being like Warren English for being you know a real guy like he he's shown more emotion than a lot of guys in my life and my uh, sister's godfather Terrell Ward 
who is known to be super aggressive and like, <laughs> but the two times that I had like serious accidents and they were my fault, he was there. And it, 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 it might have been something small to him, but I was hurt because I, mm. I, I think of myself as like this like amazing driver, mm. but I had these two accidents that were my fault. And he was just like, listen, people make mistakes. Uh, he went in deeper. These are uh, the facts. But I needed that in that moment. So I appreciate you know, our men, and I appreciate um, us for even, not only the, the, the big uh, things that our black men do, but the smaller things as well that equal, like, big change for me. Yeah. No, that's crucial. And shout out to niggas, like, overcoming body issues. Oh, Because yeah. I think we often, like, I, I hear the rhetoric all the time of, like, you know, essentially you could look like anything if you a guy and you know, I have a partner, mm -hmm. right? Which is true, right? Like, it is true. There definitely is not as much pressure put on men Absolutely. as it is women to be attractive. And you can definitely find a shawty who will, you know, be with a nigga who is, like, socially not up to the standard. But that has absolutely nothing to do with how that nigga feels. Yeah. You feel me? Like, regardless of, like, how much praise someone can get or all the ways they may have came up with to, like, overcome their like social perception of not being attractive these niggas still feel that shit mm -hmm. you feel me and it's definitely i think a real thing that like men should talk more about with each other yeah. you feel me um because you know as i always say i think a lot of the work is for us to do amongst ourselves and then other people can just you know catch on <laughs> afterwards to see the change no i agree i agree um so that like makes it up for our layers. We got a lot more. <laughs> that's just something like that's off the that's the surface stuff that we're really talking about. Well, I shouldn't say surface, but it's some of the things that we've been working on. Uh, next up, we have nerding out, and I want to start with two movies. One is called Black Box. Was it Black Box or the yeah. Black Box? I think it's I think it's just Black Box. I think. I don't know. Either way, whatever you type in on Amazon is gonna come up. Yes, it is on Amazon Prime, and it's starring. Uh, what was? I always call her Claire Huxtable. <laughs> oh, Felicia Rashad. Felicia Rashad. Yeah, it was. Uh, so all right. Disclaimer though: if y'all are like me, or have similar tastes as me, then hearing the name Felicia Rashad will make you automatically assume that the movie is bad, <laughs> because we know that Felicia Rashad has you know she has picked some very suspect roles in the yeah. past couple years you know fall from grace empire Ooh. i'm not gonna fall name anymore grace. but <laughs> this john redeemed her slightly to the point where if i see her name on a movie i will not ignore it as i would in the past agreed Agreed. I didn't. I don't think I seen any of those movies you just talked about. Fall from Grace. I heard Fall from Perry Grace was John. trash. That was Empire was a show. The yeah, John with Terrence Howard and Taraji. I I saw one episode. Was like she nah, was a villain on there. I'm okay. Um, she played uh, um, what's that nigga name from Brown Sugar? Tay Diggs. She played uh Tay Diggs character's mother. Hold on, Tay Diggs was on Empire. Yeah, Tay Diggs was on Empire for like two or three seasons. Um, what? Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, crazy. He was like running for office or something, and he was dating oh, Taraji. 
Um, and then Felicia Rashad was his mom. She fucking like stole a baby on this, bro. She was a different motherfucker on there. It was. <laughs> it was I'm only making that face because in black box. Bro, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she ain't stealing any babies, but yeah. she was a little. I, well, I don't want to give Throw. it away. I don't want to give it away, but just watch the movie uh, Black Box. It was, uh, I guess, technically, she was a co star. The main star, which I don't even want to ruin his name. Um, I'm going to let my man Enoch, who's a better reader than I am. I think that's Mama Do a Tie. It's probably. I think that's how you say it. It's probably better than what I would have said. But uh, check out Black Box. Uh, Great sci-fi movie. It was. It it reminded me of like a longer episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, 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 definitely. It really reminded me of that, and it was like really good. The acting was really good. The child actor was amazing. The concept was fire too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, It's something that can that probably could actually happen within the next five to ten years. Yeah, actually, that whole series of movies, um, those Bloomhouse movies, Mm -hmm. I thought I thought most of them were pretty good. Yeah, for real, for real. I was surprised. Anytime I see their name, I'm just kind of like, ah, I probably should watch that. Yeah. Uh, And the next one, I'm probably not going to speak as much about, but uh, it was Greenland, which is starring Gerard Butler, and it's a Post is it post apocalyptic? I guess it would be called apocalyptic. Asteroids are about to hit the Earth. People are thinking that it's not going to do too much damage. It's going to land in the ocean, and it doesn't happen that way. <laughs> the first very small one hits the the center of Florida and completely destroys it. And the bigger one comes, and they call it a planet killer. So the movie has a a bit of social as a bit more social aspects. Uh, than I'm used to from a movie like that. Uh, Gerard Butler at one point is crying, which I am not used to at all from him. Not only him, but just like people who play heroes like him in movies. Uh, He cried at one point and I was just like, whoa. And he looked nervous and he wasn't the best fighter. He had Mm. like maybe one fight in the movie and it wasn't that great. He barely won it. This is not 300. No. <laughs> you can barely fight two. <laughs> so it was it was really interesting. I, I implore you to uh, watch it. Let us know how you feel about it. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, that's all for the moment. Uh, what are you nerding about? Nerding out about? Uh, well, China be making some fire shit. Uh, I'll be on Webtoons. If y'all don't have a Webtoons app, but y'all like reading comics and manga, definitely download that, John. I found this manga... Or manhwa, you feel me? Uh, called Gosu, which is about this. Uh, so this old guy is called the what is it? Is it the Almighty One? He basically is the greatest martial artist to ever live in existence. What? That's so extra, right? Yeah, yeah. But so he and he runs a gang called the um, the Pachian Clan. Pachian, Pachian. I can't remember how it's pronounced, but. Basically, some shit goes down, and that nigga gets betrayed, and then his three generals fucking cripple him and throw him off a mountain, right? What? Yeah, this is how it starts. And and so he raises a a child. I don't know if it's a grandchild. I don't know if they're actually related. I can't remember. Um, But he raises this nigga and basically trains him 
fully in the entire martial arts, his whole martial arts knowledge base, he imparts it on this child. Mm -hmm. And then once this nigga gets old enough, the master dies and he goes and he's like, you know, I'm going to kill the niggas that betrayed my master. And he gets to town and all them niggas dead. Oh my God. All the masters are dead. And so he's like, shit. Well, I'm going to just open a dumpling restaurant. (laughs) And so he's a fucking martial arts master that works at a dumpling restaurant. Wow. Right? And he like gets like out of shape. And this, this is one of the reasons I like it because like the character... Um, he's like a little pudgy because like some years passed and he just been working at this dumpling restaurant eating dumplings, but he be fucking people up. This is the first time I read a John with a main character who is not skinny and ripped and he is doing the work. It's like watching Naruto, but Choji is the main character. You feel me? And this nigga... I would... Because I'm like, you know, I'm starting and I'm like, where's this shit going to go? Everybody he wanted to kill is dead. But it's just all these ways in which they found ways to like tie in his master's story and the fight scenes are drawn crazy. Um, and then I also went down this rabbit hole of Chinese animation today. Um, I was watching The Legend of Ravishing Dynasties, which is called Lord for short. Um, I was watching that earlier before we started recording, and then after that, I'm gonna watch the Legend of Muay Thai and Nine Stratas. These are both Chinese anime um, that are fire. So yeah, I've been I've been on my China wave lately, which sounds weird to say, <laughs> especially with the current climate. Yeah, I feel like some people might be offended by that, but I'm just talking about the shit they create. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're appreciating their art. Yeah, I'm not talking to, about their government. Yeah, that don't got nothing to do with what we talk about so i'm trying to remember his name because he's like one of the artists one of martial artists that was like big in the 90s oh i and, know this nigga but i can't remember that and he's like name kind of the guy that he was the bigger guy that was yeah. doing martial arts and destroying people he was in Bro. movies with jackie chan oh jackie chan i just oh, no i just found out that jackie chan is homophobic really yes he has a trans daughter and disowned her no, <laughs> and he's like for the Chinese government, and the Chinese government has been doing a lot of negative things, not only to their people but to black people in general. That don't surprise me. The only reason is because I have a golden rule in life, and it's that well, I have a couple golden rules, but one of them is that you should never trust niggas who are always happy. Oh, it's so frustrating. And Jackie Chan. That nigga always happy. And so it had to be something wrong. Because you you can't be that happy all the time. You either hiding something or you living a life in disbelief. He's made a bunch of statements too. I just watched a whole I went on a I went, went to a rabbit hole and saw a bunch of stuff about Jackie Chan and I was like, uh I don't want to speak too long about him because it's not about him. I'm looking up uh one of my original guys that used to act with him. His name is, give me one second. His name is Sumo Hung. S A M M O H U N G. He was like a, I guess for lack of a better term, like an out of shape martial artist that would be mm-hmm. wrecking people. Bro. And everybody, like people by, beside him would be like ripped and muscular, like Jackie Chan, or it would be Jet Lee. You got Bruce Lee. I think he was in a, a movie or two with Bruce Lee. Uh, even at the time, you had somebody like a Steven Seagal 
or uh, 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 Jean-Claude Van Damme, those were like the people that you would see. But he was also holding his own at the weight that he was. Yeah. He was doing amazing things. So like shout out to people who don't uh, uh, lead fit up. the physical archetype yeah, of a go. martial artist. Yeah, uh-huh. that, that nigga that nigga in Gosu was fire. He punched a nigga and reversed his blood flow. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, this shit is crazy, dog. He be doing wild shit. He fucking palmed this nigga and then fucking twisted it and then reversed the blood flow in this nigga's entire body. Oh, my God. I would imagine he died. Nah, he ain't died. What? But And, and it'd be crazy because this nigga has a rule about like not killing. And so he'll just beat niggas into an inch of their life. And then he always say some G shit. Like He'll be like, look, I would stop fighting if I was you because if you move, your heart's going to explode. Wow. And the heel just walk off. Oh my god, that shit is so fire, yo! It reminds me of uh, oh, damn, I always mess up. I always forget. Uh, oh, uh, Fist of the North Star. Oh yeah, that That's, nigga Kenshiro. Yeah, it reminds me of that. But um, yeah, that's what. We've been nerding out. Well, I've been nerding about, out about more uh, more things than that. Funimation. I've been nerding out since I came out of Yuji. Yeah. Yeah. One of my first ones was Ninja Scroll. Probably mm. Thundercats, but Ninja Scroll was like one of my first like adult Niggas be sleeping on movies. Thundercats as an anime. Yeah. Yeah. Like that shit is definitely an anime, bro. Yeah. That was probably the first, but adult versions would probably be Ninja Scroll or Heavy Metal. I don't think I've seen Heavy Metal. Outlaw Star was my shit, though. If you see Heavy Metal, you're going to be... <laughs> Imagine, like, Akira, mm. but adult. Adult. Like, oh. it, it, a lot going on in that oh. movie. Yeah. Actually, I think Akira is a little overrated. Well, yeah, I agree. It's on all of those lists, but I've watched it multiple times. Same, in multiple. bro. I, I keep trying to, like, catch what other people are feeling, and I'm like, ah, I get the animation of mm-hmm. that time. Like, that was, like, cutting Definitely, edge. Definitely, yeah. But the story, I mean, it just didn't hold up. It didn't hold up for me. At first, I didn't understand it. And then when I did understand it, it was just kind of like, that's it. It's like, I, I always, I hate the argument of, like, and this goes for anything, of, like, oh, you just don't like it because you don't understand it. And it's like, bro, on one end, I like watching stuff with some depth to it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes though, y'all niggas be adding shit that I don't even think the creator was fucking <laughs> thinking about. Mm-hmm. And if they was, it's like you didn't go about this the right way. Mm-hmm. Because I think that if it's not even noticeable to me what you're trying to get at, there is a disconnect. And maybe that's your purpose, right? If that was your goal, which was to like really steep something in metaphor, then by all means you accomplish your goal. Mm-hmm. But if like your goal was like, I want to go and address this thing in an artful way, like the matrix is complicated, but we all enjoy watching that shit. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like it's layers to this shit. You gotta be, you have to be able to enjoy it on different layers. And that's not a care for me. And I wish people would stop putting it on the fucking top anime list. Yeah. Uh, the Matrix, I think most people don't understand The Matrix fully because in order to understand it, you got to watch all the all movies, three. play yeah. one game, and watch the Animatrix, and most people haven't done that. Uh, and they like it. They yeah. love it. You know, like there is enough in it that even if you don't fully understand it, you understand enough to enjoy it. 
And I don't think a carrot was that for me. Absolutely not. Uh, so that I don't even count that on. Actually, it wasn't one of the earlier ones that I watched. But if it was, I probably wouldn't mention it. <laughs> I'd have been like, what the fuck? I'm glad I watched it as an older person. Because if I had watched it younger, I'd have been like, what the fuck is this? Like, this I'm, is. <laughs> I'm good with anime. <laughs> I'll probably yeah, not be here right yeah, now. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Back to Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Totally agree. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what we're nerding out about. Uh, like I said, there's even more than that. Uh, next up, we would have our new things that we're working on. Um, oh, I think you skipped something. Oh, did I skip something? Oh, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. What's going on? Yes, 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 yes. What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, it's not Marvin Gaye, but it is Sam Cooke. And I did just watch... Uh, I think it was called One Night, Night in Miami. Miami. Yeah, that shit's fire. Woo! That shit is fire. That joke had me in tears a few times. <laughs> that shit is fire. Woo! Regina also, King. Could not stand Malcolm X in that movie. Uh, I understood him. I understood him. Yeah, yeah. But I couldn't stand him. Yeah, I, I'll correct myself. I understood him enough to respect, for me, uh, what he was trying to do. He did make me frustrated a few times. I also was frustrated with Sam Cooke, but once he explained himself, it was just like, oh, I see what you're, I see what's going on. And my so, point, go ahead. All right. Spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen a movie, then you have five seconds to either fast forward or turn this shit off. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Five. All right, if you're still here, that means you're fine with spoilers or you watched the movie. <laughs> so, I didn't have as much an issue with Sam Cooke. I wouldn't have went about it the way he went about it. Like, yeah. what he was talking about with, like, you know, the only thing that gets you more money than the number one hit is, like, writing one and all those things. I understood what he was saying. I got it. I see the game. That's cool if that's how you want to do it. That wouldn't be my personal approach because i am big on credit Mm -hmm. you feel me um in like a more obvious way than that Mm -hmm. but my thing with malcolm x in the movie was like he was criticizing sam cook for not doing enough for the culture which was not really true because he was doing it. Not true at all. And Sam Cooke was giving this nigga examples like, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then he would just be like, nah, he was personally coming at this nigga's music. You feel me? Which is also like, if that's the type of music this nigga want to make, that's the type of music this nigga want to make. He's doing all this stuff while supporting and quoting a pedophile. <laughs> Because the prophet Elijah Muhammad, you feel me, is, was a pedophile. I haven't done all the research, but that is, that's what I have surmised from multiple accounts. So I personally believe it. Um, And that was according to the movie, why Malcolm was separating from the nation of Islam, Mm -hmm. which makes complete sense. And it's like, you're here trying to use niggas to back your cause while berating this nigga for doing shit differently and then once we got to the scene where he was like well you know the the honorable prophet elijah muhammad says i was like nope it's a rap this yeah. nigga talking to me about the culture and quoting yeah. a pedophile i'm over it nope yeah no 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 my 
my bigger issue with Sam Cooke was that, like, you knew what you were getting into. Why did you even come here? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you asking about parties and drinking and stuff like that? When you know Malcolm X is not about that life. Yeah. You knew you was coming to his hotel That room. nigga's a Muslim. Yeah. So <laughs> every time you said that, I was cracking up. <laughs> it's like, why Why would you even come there for this? So that's that was a bit of my frustration with Sam Cooke. Malcolm X, on the other hand, it goes back to, like, what you said about him still being connected. I guess it's hard to like separate yourself from something that you, that's where your life was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I understood that a bit, but I would kind of be like, mm, you don't need to be passing judgment like that. Yo, his judgment was hard, oh bro. God. He was coming at this nigga heavy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the two buffers, Muhammad Ali and the other guy, Jim Brown. Jim Brown. I always get him mixed up with Fred Williamson because they were both around the same time. I didn't time. even realize. So when they introduced Jim Brown in a movie, I was like, I don't know who the fuck that is. Yeah. Right. But then I realized that this nigga was an actor after being a football player. I seen tons of Jim Brown movies. Yeah. I just never knew that nigga was a football player. Yeah. That's where he got hit. That's the only reason he probably was able to be an actor. Yeah. Because they like held him up. Um, but actually, he was probably my favorite character. I would say so. Because he was definitely like right at you, like, listen, like, I feel you, but I also feel him. We need to get this, like, we all friends. He said, Malcolm, you don't get no paychecks. (laughs) (laughs) And he had nothing to say. He was so salty. And he brought up colorism. Mm -hmm. He's like, wow, y'all light-skinned niggas. That was fire, too. I was like, that he was right. fire. You right, and Malcolm had nothing to say. So what I would the, the, my my reason for like understanding Malcolm X is that his back was against the wall. Mm-hmm. He had no mm-hmm. money. He really he like was he desperately needed Muhammad Ali. He was like at odds with uh, Elijahable, Elijahable, the honorable <laughs> the Elijahable. <laughs> <laughs> so much so that he, he couldn't even trust his guards. Mm-hmm. That's why he had to keep like looking outside and like checking to see what was going on. So I don't know how I would be in a situation like that, mm-hmm. you know, with my mm-hmm. back against the wall. So I understood it from like that perspective, but I also agree that he was doing a bit too much. It's Yo, like you need them. That shit was blowing me, and I had I had a Muhammad Ali moment because. Me and Jasmine was talking about this, and she was joking that it was like them breaking the fourth wall. But the trailer for One Night in Miami makes it look like these niggas was out having a good time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And they hit me with the fucking okie doke <laughs> because they was in that fucking hotel room the whole time. And Jasmine was like, well, they wanted you to feel how the characters felt because you thought you was about to turn up and you wasn't. <laughs> That's so true. And I'm like, yo, so they true. got me because I'm watching this shit and I'm enjoying myself, but I'm also like, this is not what the trailer showed me. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I knew I wanted to see it, but... Woo, it was not what I expected. I yeah. thought at one point they would be at a club or they would that's have some sort bro. of party. That did not happen at yeah. all. That shit was hella political. Yeah. And yeah. also made me think a lot about, I didn't realize Malcolm X was a photographer. I didn't either. Bro. I was like, we never heard anything about this. He probably staged so many photos. <laughs> all these photos we got circulating and Malcolm X had the window with the rifle yeah. and thinking and all. Bro, he probably set all that shit yeah. up himself. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like what we do with Instagram right now. Yeah. He was doing that before Instagram even existed. Had the ill selfies all day. That's why he got all these crazy <laughs> good photos. I never knew that, ever. And I was just... it. <sighs> Regina King... 
Oh my God. I, I think this was her director debut. I'm not 100% sure. It might Re- be. Regardless of if it was or not, she did an amazing job directing this, especially since it was only really one location. To have yeah. somebody in, in, in a, to have four people in a room and have them uh, engage the audience so much was absolutely amazing. All the actors did an amazing job too. The guy that played Muhammad Ali, I would, you would have thought that was Muhammad Ali. Uh, when I first saw him, I was like, mm, I don't know, because he was a little, he was a little more buff mm-hmm. than Muhammad Ali yeah. was. Agreed. But the longer he was in the role, mm-hmm. the more I was like, actually, I kind of, I kind of fuck with him. Yeah, yeah. With his shirt off, it's kind of like, oh, it looked like the Hulk. <laughs> Yo, he was a husky boy. Yeah, but when he had clothes on, it was just like, okay, I could see the Muhammad Ali even more. Uh, and they talked about him staging that like that photo of him fighting under under the water, which wasn't a real thing. They just staged it. So she, this is her, this is Regina King's first movie, mm. but she directed an episode of Insecure. That's not she directed an episode of Shameless. She directed an episode of This Is Us. Oh, I didn't know that. An episode of Greenleaf. Uh, two episodes of Scandal. Six episodes of Being Mary Jane. Mm. Um. Damn, I didn't know she was doing all this stuff. Yeah, but yeah, this is her her movie directorial debut. Yeah, shout out to Regina King. She is whew, killing it out there because she was also in Watchmen. She was the star, yeah. and I'm sure she probably like helped write some of those episodes. Which I still didn't. I couldn't finish that song. I couldn't either. I'm gonna try because I really, 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 really like Regina King. I don't like being lost for too long. Yeah. It was too long. One thing you said earlier, which I'm going back a little bit, was that like people say like you you don't like it because you didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Half, at least, of the time that someone says that to me, I don't think they understood it either. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's usually somebody that I'm like, mm. It's like, you just regurgitating what you heard. Yeah. Like, what review did you watch? Because like, <laughs> you, I don't think you got that. You don't get most of the stuff that I say. Not that I'm the best communicator, but sometimes I'm not that deep and you don't even get it. So I don't know how Bro. you got that. And there be stuff I enjoy that I don't understand. I watched Tenet the other day. I haven't watched it yet. I'm nervous. I liked it. Okay. I didn't know what the fuck was happening. <laughs> Bro, like the way these niggas, they was on some fucking, they really was on some like Marvel time continuum shit, but mm. they took it, they took it even further than Marvel took mm. it. Like, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but it was, I was highly entertained and I'm definitely going to watch a review video oh, to yeah, fucking yeah. understand because I don't. I like got bits and pieces. I fuck with John David Washington though. Yeah, same, same. I don't do well with uh, time. Uh, I don't quite understand it. I mean, no one really quite under quite understands it. It's a hard concept. Most people think they understand it. Yeah, but most people think of time as like going forward and not going backward. Yeah, or and that shit is concurrent. You, yeah, if you go backward, then that's it. Like, no, it's way more to that. Yeah, because from what I'm hearing is like time doesn't exist the way we think it does. Yeah, that shit is infinite. Like, things could happen. <clears throat> you could go back in the past and change something, and it would just be in the past. And that's your future. Yeah. yeah well, there some people say yeah. it wouldn't be. <laughs> some people say it would. So I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But the point, be, point being, uh, One Night in Miami was absolutely amazing. I was in tears a few times. Uh, I saw 
four men in a room be them be their entire selves yeah like emotional aggressive uh masculine feminine uh frustrated happy brotherhood connection all of that stuff that nigga Malcolm only had vanilla ice cream. Oh, that's it. They were what did they say? Something like fitting or ironic. <laughs> yeah. Ironic, you only have vanilla ice cream. Two things of it. Like, come on. He's like, I ain't that radical. <laughs> like, what nigga? Oh my God. But yeah, there was a lot of stuff that I learned. There was a lot of stuff that I enjoyed. Uh there's a lot of tears. Even Sam Cook singing that song. And the fact that I don't know if it's true, but the fact it's, that it's not. What that he uh that uh Michael Max influenced that. Yeah, it's not okay. I, I looked up the um, I looked up the dates. Mm. So they did. Don't quote me on this because I'm probably gonna mess the dates up. Mm. They did the song did come out the year mm-hmm. that they went to um, like that they all were in Miami, mm-hmm. but they all were in Miami at the end of February. Uh, mid to the end of February. The song was released mid-February, but it was recorded in January mm. of that year. So he had recorded it before they even sat down together. Yeah. Um, which is not to say, you know, maybe he could have had a conversation with Malcolm somewhere else that sparked it. Because, you know, I don't know where they pulled the concept for this tension from. Mm-hmm. Um, it had to come from something... You know, real because he could have attention with any of the characters, right? So, you know, it still could have been influenced by um, Malcolm, but it wasn't the way it was done in the movie. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, they they were saying that Malcolm influenced him to release it, but I don't know. I don't know. It just made me feel good. Yeah. Regardless, I mean, he did say like, you know, just because I ain't released stuff, don't mean I ain't wrote stuff. So that's yeah, that's a real thing, and it's also a fictional drama. Like, yeah. based on a real event. Like, they all were actually in Miami, and they all did go to the hotel, but nobody knows what they talked about. Mm-hmm. And so, even from that aspect, like, that's a fire piece of fiction. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point where I'm watching it, questioning if something really happened or not. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's, like, one big thing that's been going on. Another big thing is, like, the executive order that's just been signed. So, look out. For fourteen hundred, I'm about to blow a check. <laughs> <laughs> Look out for fourteen hundred. Make sure you get your paperwork straight. Make sure you go uh, online to make sure that your uh, direct deposit is set up right. If you need, if you are about to file your taxes, file them as soon as possible. Um, also, I'm, uh, it, it's been said that they're going to raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour at least throughout the United States. I don't know if it's temporary. It should not be temporary because people deserve that and more. They're also expanding uh, food stamps. They're uh, going to give a certain percentage more, and they're going to expand it to more people. I think they're going to raise the income. I'm I'm adding that. I'm not sure if that's true, so don't don't listen to that part. That would be fire though to raise the income. Yeah, especially if you're raising minimum wage. Yeah. Well, what I was saying was I I was thinking that they would raise the so if it let's say you made twenty thousand mm. dollars, you can get food stamps. Yeah. What I'm thinking is they may raise it to like twenty five thousand or That'd thirty thousand, and then you can get food stamps. So like that amount of people Shit. will get more. Then I could get food stamps. Yeah. So I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I feel like that might be a part of it. Also, uh, they're tr- uh, they're trying to they're trying to cancel student debt, but hey. right now, 
uh, they're trying to at least defer it until September. So they'll defer, they're trying to defer uh, interest and they're trying to defer payments until September. Right now, I think it's going to be ending, the, the deferment is going to end the end of this month, of well, January. I'm on income-based repayment and they said I don't got enough money to repay. So yeah. my shit been zero for three years. Yeah, same. But the debt's still there though. They need to wipe it. Wipe my debt. Yeah, and I think I have a federal loan so they will be able to wipe it. So please wipe our debt. Mm. Listen to this, promote it. And then wipe our debt because we I'm, I'm broke. I mean that's the whole that's in the title. Broke, black, and busy. Just These to let you know. Facts. Um, I will do anything. <laughs> well, well, no, no, no. <laughs> I won't allow you to do anything, Look, man. If I gotta shoot, I will make swirl my finger around a white nigga booty hole oh, no, to no, get no. this debt wiped. I'll pay fifty dollars a month so you don't have because <laughs> that's all I got to give right now. You gonna be paying on interest only? <laughs> I don't even know what that was interest. That might be enough to pay the the transaction fee. <laughs> Shoot, uh, but yes, that is uh, what's been going on with us. No, no, oh no, you said you said te- you saw a tenant. Yeah, um, yeah, I gotta watch that. Um, it's on Amazon for rent. I rented it. You, oh, you got money. It was only five ninety nine. You got money. <laughs> five ninety nine. No, I rented uh, MLK slash uh, the FBI. It's a documentary about that. There's a new Sam Cooke. Well, actually, let me not say it's new. No. It's new to me. There's a new Sam Cooke documentary. It is super good. I saw the it last year. Sam Cooke killed twice or oh whatever. Oh, my God, yo. I did okay. not know that much. Oh, shit. All right, so I should watch it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Word. It was... Mm, it's a documentary. I can't compare it, but it, it was really, really good. Word. I'm going to check that John out. Uh, MLK slash FBI is good for people who don't know the full spectrum of who Martin Luther King was. Uh, we've talked about it. Mm, they talk uh, about him cheating. Huh? About him cheating. <laughs> about, well, they talk, they go in depth. Like, it wasn't just he was cheating with one woman. At certain points, he had multiple women in the room. Oh, yeah. Um, orgies yeah. and things like that. Whoa, oh, uh, I didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot that of stuff. turned up real fast. Yeah, they go in depth. Um, but, like, on top of that, like, how old he was and keeping keep in perspective that he became like this he strong, was super young. hated leader, and he was like 23, 24. Super young, bro. Yeah, with this power. And people didn't like him. Like, they, not, and I'm not just talking about white people. There were even black I people was that niggas didn't like him. Because he wasn't fighting. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it, was, it wasn't just- In the way that we think about fighting. Let yeah. Let say that. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It, it, was, it was nonviolent, but it was definitely still a fight that he was in. Yeah. Um, and the full spectrum of- what he actually did. The documentary was pretty good. So I, I would implore you oh, to might check that John out. Watch that. You, I think you would enjoy it. I like things that um that humanize MLK because mm-hmm. I feel like we have deified this nigga to a degree. Um and it's not MLK's fault, you yeah. feel me? Like he can't control how we view his legacy. Agreed. It just is a thing that continuously frustrates me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They talk about the full spectrum of what he did in a negative way, but also the full spectrum in what he did in a positive way as well. Mm-hmm. Like there's I knew most of the things, but the things that I didn't know, I was like blown away, and the things that I thought I knew, they gave detail on that. So mm-hmm. I know even more now after that documentary. The Sam Cooke one was much better. Where? I'll let you know that ahead of time. And if you got Netflix it's free. You got to pay for the MLK versus. Oh yeah, I'm I mean slash watch that, uh, FBI John. I'm gonna watch that Sam Cook John. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Watch that tonight. 
Um, yeah, that's uh, all I have at the moment. But I do want to talk about Immortal Dark. Oh yeah, yeah. What about it? I want to. I want the people to know what Immortal Dark is. Oh yeah, because uh, that was on the episode that we lost. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm like, we already told them, about it. <laughs> but we didn't. Um, yeah. So I am writing a manga that Tommy is serving as the senior editor, and I would say like maybe like 25% writer as well because you definitely Ooh. have given me ideas on stuff that like have shaped the story. Um, so we are we are working on a manga called Immortal Dark. Um, we have officially made an IG page for it that you can follow mm-hmm. at Immortal Dark Manga. So if you are into comics and manga, definitely give that a follow. Yep. Um, in a nutshell, it is a story that centers on a main character who is dealing with generational trauma. Um, you know, it's me, so it's definitely going to be some martial arts in there and some fighting and niggas fucking each other up. But the main focus is how these characters deal with their mental health amidst the things that are going on. Yeah. Um, and the main character is currently on a vengeance mission to kill his sister for claiming the life of their father before he had the chance to. Uh, so, yeah, I know that sounds crazy, mm-hmm. but it's definitely going to be a fire story. We're probably going to be getting a writer circle together soon uh, for people to like give us feedback on the first couple of chapters. Um, and, you know, I'm constantly stockpiling artwork, so it's about to be some wild shit yeah. coming out on our IG soon. I've already seen it, so I know y'all going to like it because I like it. I love it, all of those things. Uh, also, we have uh, Black Minds Publishing, which has been mm-hmm. up and operational. Mm-hmm. For some time. Yes, yes, yes. Um, who are the two that you are promoting at the moment? Um, so my book is out, Burned at the Roots, which y'all can purchase Three. on Amazon or Lulu. Um, Jovan McCoy, uh, we released his book, Journal Entry. Um, was that before? That was before the new year, right? I think, I think so. so. Uh, maybe like October ish something like that um we have a comic with lindo yes called b which we are actually going to be releasing an inside the mind episode on where lindo will be breaking down his thought process behind creating a comic and february 4th whoa hold on not uh february yeah february 4th at 6 p.m um, we will be doing a book release for our next book coming out, which is Soft Boy by uh, David Gaines, Dave G, Poetry on all social media. Yeah, shout out to the homie. And we also are starting an online arts magazine for poetry and visual artists um, that will be mainly published on ig but there will be a way to view it off of ig as well um and submissions for that will be opening february 1st i do not expect all of that (laughs) that's the things that are coming up i am still modeling in a struggling economy uh well i'll keep y'all updated on that uh but that is all we have for this week or this month I will talk about that off here. Okay. <laughs> Enoch is always trying to give me inspiration for things, <laughs> uh, which I appreciate. Uh, yes, uh, I am Tommy the Model. You can follow me at Tommy the Model uh, on Instagram and TommyTheModel.com on my website. Uh, oh, actually, today is my birthday. Um, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy birthday. This nigga 50. I'm not 50. <laughs> I'm 37. Uh, I present it like that because that's how I feel about it. I actually <laughs> forgot to even mention it. But it's there. It's out there. But again, follow me, Tommy the Model, Instagram, TommyTheModel.com on my website. And where can we follow you? Uh, yes, you could follow me at Enoch the Poet. Um, on all social media Make sure to follow Broke Black and Busy on IG mm-hmm. And you know Do all the pretty things Like like, rate, comment, subscribe um, To wherever you are listening To this podcast Definitely check out Immortal Dark Manga um, And if you want to hear Any more moves About Black Minds Publishing We are at Black Minds Publishing On all social media as well Well actually Just IG Because I didn't feel like Making a bunch of Fucking accounts Because I already got too many yeah. So <laughs> that's where we at With that Yes. Oh, and last thing. <clears throat> this is being mixed by. Oh, yeah. This is being mixed by my homie Brandon Rogers, a.k.a. Leon Hart. He is a rapper um, out of New Jersey, but now living in the California area. Um, he also produces. So definitely check out his work. Uh, Leon Hart, usually online, is either spelled L E O N H R T or L N H R T depending on where you are. Um but yeah, that nigga's fire. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to him. And on that note, we're gonna let you go. Thanks for listening. Deuces.